Hey everyone, this is Anthony Fleming, Senior Pastor of Church Alive, praying that this message is fresh, real and powerful in your mind, your heart, your family, every part of your life. If you enjoy these messages, subscribe to it, share it with a friend to build their faith. God bless you as you lean in to the power and presence of God's Word. Why don't you stand to your feet? You doing good? Someone, lots of people keep commenting on my tan. I didn't work on my tan this weekend at all. I was working on not getting burnt. That was my goal. It was a good goal. I didn't realise how pasty I was, obviously, because too many people keep mentioning it. Pastor, you need to go away more often because you look pasty. They didn't say that. How many appreciate Priscilla's word? Wasn't that a great word? How many appreciate Chris's hat, by the way? I think that's a sharp outfit, sharp hat. Why not? How many appreciate... Andrew Hartwig's kind of man bun in the back there or whatever's going on there. I appreciate it. Uh, Praise God. (laughs) Praise God. Praise God. Uh, We're about to jump into a text of Scripture, uh, Matthew. Uh, Whatever it is, it's on the screen. Can we read this together? There it is. This is Matthew 21. I thought I was giving you the wrong verse. Someone say Palm Sunday. The title of my talk today is Digging Ditches and Getting Donkeys. Digging Ditches and Getting Donkeys. Are you ready for that one? Good. Matthew 21, verse 1. As Jesus and the disciples approached Jerusalem, they came to the town of Bethpage at the Mount of Olives. And Jesus sent two of them. Someone say two of them. On ahead. Go into the village over there. He said, as soon as you enter it, you'll see a donkey tied there with its colt beside it. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone asks, what are you doing? What in the world are you doing? Just say the Lord needs them and He will immediately let you take them. This, take pl- this took place sorry, to fulfill the prophecy that said, tell the people of Jerusalem, look, your King is coming to you. He is humble and riding on a donkey, riding on a donkey's colt. The two disciples did as Jesus commanded. They brought the donkey and the colt to Him and they threw their garments over the colt and He sat on it. Most of the crowd spread their garments on the road ahead of Him and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Jesus was in the centre of the procession and all the people all around Him were shouting, Praise God for the Son of David. Blessings on the one who comes in the Name of the Lord. Praise God in highest heavens. The entire city, someone say the entire city, of Jerusalem was in an uproar as he entered. Who is this? They asked. And the crowds replied, it's Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Jesus then entered the temple and began to drive out all the people buying and selling animals for sacrifice. He knocked over the tables of the money and changes and chairs of those selling doves. He said to them, the Scripture declares, my temple will be called a house of prayer, but you have turned it into a den of thieves. The blind and the lame came to Him in the temple and He healed them. And the leading priests and the teachers of religious law saw these wonderful miracles and heard even the children of the temple shouting, praise God for the Son of David. But the leaders were indignant and they asked Jesus, do you hear what these children are saying? Yes, Jesus replied, haven't you ever read the Scriptures? For they say you have taught children and infants to give you praise. Someone say Amen. 
Come on, let's pray together. Father, I thank You for every man, every woman. God, every young boy, every young girl in this place, in the Name of Jesus, I bless them in Your mighty Name. And Holy Spirit, I pray right now that You would step into this place in a more rich way. I ask You to elevate Jesus. I ask You to speak to people. I ask You to heal the sick. I ask You to speak to people where they need it. I ask You to bless families and lives and homes and impart vision and just nudge and speak, Lord, however You need to. Let rivers of living water flow in this place, in the kids' place and those watching online right now. Lord, in every single life, Lord, I believe You for rivers of living water to flow in this place. Lord Jesus, speak to your people how they need it. I pray in the mighty Name of Jesus. Say this with me. Say, Father, be honoured in my life, my family and this house. I surrender to You. Teach me what I must learn to know You and to fulfil what You have for me. I declare today, I am a child of God. I am filled with wisdom, filled with love, filled with faith. In the Name of Jesus, and everyone said, Amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand. Come on, just take five seconds and give Jesus a hand in the house of God. Praise God. Praise God. All right, go ahead, grab your seat. Tell the person next to you, you're good looking. Some of you can say you're amazing looking. You're, you could be a model. Praise God. Praise God. I just want to show you real quick. Uh, here's a little picture of our trip and what we were able to do. Uh, we got a photo there, guys. Of uh, So Church Alive was able to build this, which is really great. I think we took over a team of nine men. And here's what's interesting. We partnered with an organisation uh, called Kids Around the World who have been building playgrounds for 27 years. 27 years. And that was number 997, would you believe? And uh, in a couple of weeks, they will be building their thousandth one ever. Interesting enough, the first playground they ever, ever built was actually in the Ukraine. The entire nation did not have one playground. And so they've been amazed to see what coming to politicians many times and saying, we wanna come and give you a playground. They normally take a, in essence, a secondhand playground from America, cut it down and then send it overseas, put it back together. And uh, then through that, I, I able to bless a community and they bring the gospel there and they teach children, they feed children. And so really an amazing organisation. And we were honoured to be a part of that. And uh, you know, you saw the picture, obviously. Uh, can, I, can I get my little fancy tool? Actually, it's not even that fancy. Um, how does this happen? Uh, this happens by digging ditches. You might be like, oh, Pastor Anthony, I'd love to be in that picture. Pastor Anthony, I wanna make a difference. Pastor Anthony, I wanna influence, man. I wanna make a difference for Jesus. You know where it starts? Digging ditches. <laughs> you know where it starts? Sweating. How many know that sometimes you get excited about serving Jesus? You're like, oh, I wanna make a difference. I wanna be a preacher. I wanna, I wanna be an influencer. I wanna stand on the stage, bless God. And I wanna proclaim the Word of God like Dr. Billy Graham. 
Man, I want to preach like Bishop T.D. Jakes, broke, busted and disgusted. Stay in the house. Come hell or high water, stay in the house. (laughs) Every once in a while, I just like to pretend being black, you know. (laughs) But you know, I found this, that the making a difference so often starts cute. And then a couple of hours in, you're like, this is harder than I thought it was going to (laughs) be. How come there's roots in the ground of the circle of ground that I'm digging in? How come my circle has clay in my circle and for some reason it's not as easy to dig right now? Like I'm just, I'm just, taught, I'm just making it real. And then we dug a couple of holes and then uh, they're like, okay, what do we do now? Now go dig another couple of holes. We're like, I've already dug some holes. Well, how about you dig some more holes? And then after you dig those holes, how about you go dig some more holes? And I was like, I don't feel anointed anymore to dig holes. Because how many know that many times you feel in the anointing, sometimes you've got to start feeling your commitment. Some of the guys got blisters on their hands. Now, I think that's because perhaps they're a little bit weaker. I don't know. <clears throat> I'm just preaching the way I see it. I'm just, I'm kidding. But I've never met anyone who said, I have the gift to dig ditches. (laughs) I've never met anyone who says, I feel like I'm born to dig ditches. But I have found over time that most of the time, serving Jesus sometimes looks like digging another ditch. And then later you get to see the blessing that actually happens. This week is an important week in the Christian faith. As my wife mentioned, it is considered Holy Week. Today is Palm Sunday. On Wednesday, it will be when Judas begins to betray Jesus. Thursday, the Lord institutes communion. On Friday, He dies on a cross. And then on Sunday, He rises from the dead. This weekend coming is gonna be a great weekend in our church. But how many of you know that since Jesus has risen from the dead, every Sunday is actually an incredible Sunday. And it's a Sunday to praise. It's a Sunday to have joy. It's a Sunday to bring someone to church. It's a, it's a Sunday where we can believe for miracles for we serve a miracle working God. But Jesus gives the disciples a specific instruction, go get a donkey. Go get a donkey. I found this in life that I don't determine my call. I don't determine my gifting. I don't actually determine my assignment. What I determine is my obedience to the specific instruction that Jesus has actually given me. I've I've noticed this, that the Lord isn't impressed by my gift. He's like, Anthony, well done on having a gift. He wants me now to develop my gift. He wants me to develop my character. He wants you to develop your gift. He wants you to develop your character. But He isn't impressed if you can sing. He isn't impressed if you've got a business gift because He already knows He gave you that gift. He isn't impressed that you have the ability to administrate. And I appreciate, the longer I live, the more I appreciate organisational people, administrative type of people. I'm talking about the people who are specific, who love detail. I was 
in the DR and we had to put this playground together and I'm not detailed. So I like to look at other people who care about the details and I go, that's your job. I really do. I step out of the way and, and I don't need to be in control at all. I just let someone else, oh, you care about those details? Come on, tell me what to do. I'm fine with it. Matthew 28, verse 18, Jesus came and told His disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore go, someone say go. It is the theme and mission of our church this year to go and make disciples of all the nations and baptise them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And verse 20 says this, teach these new disciples to obey. Obey is not a sexy word, is it? You're like, I can't wait to obey. <laughs> but I'm telling you, it's where the good stuff happens. It's actually determined if you're a disciple of Jesus, if you obey. See, once grace comes to your world, actually it is your obedience that shows me you're under grace. It is my obedience that shows you that I'm under grace. I'm under grace and actually the, the level of understanding that I have of how much grace God has given me will actually be a direct reflection of how obedient I am. Yeah. Are you with me? There's an old hymn that says this, trust and obey. There's no other way to be happy in Jesus. I like that one. You know, growing up, I used to say this phrase. It's funny, the phrases you say, I think we were 15, 16, 17, and there was this phrase in our house that I realise now why my parents would try and buck against it. We would say this, I'll do what I want. I'll do what I want. It was a phrase we said for like months or years, I'll do what I want. Why do you need the house of God? <laughs> so you don't do what you want. <laughs> the world is in a mess today because a bunch of people do what they want. Yeah. Marriages are in a mess today because a bunch of people do what they want. People are on drugs today because a bunch of people do what they want. People are addicted today because people did what they wanted to do, not what they should do. And Jesus comes alongside and says, if you're gonna be my disciple, you're not gonna do what you want. You're actually going to obey and you're actually gonna do what I want. This is why worship is so important because you see who He is. He's your Father. He's good, He's kind, He's loving. And then I know I can obey someone who's good and kind and loving. This is why worship is not some exercise of singing. No, it's the positioning of the one who needs to be in that rightful position. Why do you need transform groups? Because don't do what you want. Come under leadership. Why, why men do you need 6 a.m. men's prayer? You know, the Lord spoke to my heart about a year, two, two years ago. He's like, Anthony, I want 5M Club in the culture of your church. And I was like, Lord, no one's gonna go. <laughs> he, he literally put it on my heart for a couple of months. I, I, and then I put it off. I was like, I don't think that's the Lord. <laughs> Guilty admissions of a pastor. Here's what I've found. Satan isn't trying to get you to start a prayer meeting. You can be sure that's not Satan. That's not the prince of all demons. Putting in your mind, start a prayer meeting early in the morning. No, that's the Lord. 
And I was kind of like, oh, Lord, you know, are you sure? He was pretty sure. <laughs> and I think it was around, it was, it was kind of COVID time and just started this thing, get up early, work out, do a prayer meeting. It's still the Lord, which means to me, He doesn't call me to dig one ditch and then pat myself on the back and go, look, Lord, I built a ditch. Can I have a ribbon now? He actually just called me to dig ditches and dig ditches and dig ditches and dig ditches and go get donkeys and go get donkeys and go get donkeys. I pray that as you leave today, you'll understand what your ditch is. I pray today, as you leave today, you'll understand what your donkey is. If you like to take notes in church, this is the time to do it. Number one today, your attitude will be developed along the journey of faith. Your attitude, how many know your attitude is vital? Your attitude is important. Your attitude will determine your altitude. Your attitude will be developed along the journey of faith. I imagine for a moment that Jesus tells two disciples who we don't know the name, we don't know, was it Peter, was it John? We don't know who these two are and they are given a direct assignment, go get this donkey. And I imagine at first that they are excited at first. They're like, hey, we're going on this journey. And how many know the Middle East is hot? So now they're walking for a while and now they're starting to sweat. And if their name is Frankie, they sweat a lot. Frankie was sweating, I think, when he walked out of the shower. You imagine when he was digging ditches, he was like, we didn't need the rain. It was Frankie, he was just sweating. <laughs> he understands. <laughs> Frankie's in the back there holding his baby. Well done, Frankie. Come on, give Frankie a hand. <clears throat> My wife hates when I make anyone feel awkward in church. I love it. But I just imagine that Jesus has sent these two disciples to go get a donkey and then they start sweating. And to be honest, it's honestly a, bit, a little bit inconvenient. And then maybe I just, I'm assuming this, I'm putting myself in the text that maybe they start talking to each other like, why didn't Jesus go get his own donkey? <laughs> Have you ever thought that when Jesus asked you to do something? He was like, why don't you do it, Jesus? Because I'm trying to invite you on the journey and I'm trying to involve you on the journey of allowing people to see me as I really am, but it's gonna take you actually listening and obeying. And, and I imagine them just talking and why didn't the women get it? Why didn't that disciple get it? Why didn't Peter the big mouth go get it? Why didn't John, the one who's always trying to put his head on Jesus, why doesn't he get it? Why doesn't the one who had all the demons cast out, why doesn't she get it? I mean, you know, she should at least work her way a little bit to heaven. Why doesn't she, why doesn't the youth do it? Why doesn't the 13, 14, 15 year old? And there's two disciples who are instructed to go do it. And I found over time that our attitude is processed and developed along the journey of obeying Jesus. You ever think you know more than God? You don't actually think that, but you think it. You ever met someone and they're like, oh, I don't give to church, but I play the lottery though. And one day when I win, 
I'm going to bring 50% to the house of God. (laughs) And you're like, no, 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 trust in the Lord with all your heart. God doesn't need my reasoning. He needs my obedience. Trust in the Lord with all of my heart. Lean not on my own understanding. In all of my ways, acknowledge Him and He shall, what? He shall direct my paths. Are you with me? Your heart, number two today, your heart will be pruned along the journey. Your attitude will be developed along the journey, but your heart will also be pruned along the journey of faith. Some of you are new to church and you might go, I don't, do I have to come every Sunday? No, you don't have to come, you get to come every Sunday. But I would also say this, that your heart will be pruned along the journey of attending because sometimes there's lots of excuses not to come. Sometimes there's excuses just to consume a church instead of build a church. The, the, the one fear I have sometimes in adding a fourth service in our church is that it becomes easier to consume this church and not to build this church. Because I then just attend whenever I want to attend at whatever is the most convenient time to attend. But how many of you know you need to go from a attender to a donkey getter to a ditch digger? A donkey getter and a ditch digger. You might be like, Pastor Anthony, how long do I have to serve until I lead? I wanna be in leadership. I've read John Maxwell's 10 laws of leadership, 21 laws of leadership, 17 laws of team building. I've learned, I've, 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 I've learned them all. When do I have to stop serving and start leading? How many know that actually leading is just more serving? You want to lead? Yes, I want to lead. Can you serve? No, 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 I want to lead. Can you serve? No, no, no. I, I, I really want to tell people what to do. We don't need more people who are going to tell people what to do. We need more people who are going to build. Yeah, that's worth a clap. Let me ask you this. When does a parent ever graduate from wanting to help their children become all they become? That's leadership. Helping others become all they're meant to become. Helping others become all they're meant to become. Helping, see there's never a time where a parent doesn't want their children to become all they're meant to become. And if you'll allow God to process your attitude and process your heart and develop your heart, you'll actually want other people to become more. And if you've read enough leadership over time, the simplicity of leadership is to add value to other people. And how do you best add value to other people? You actually find out what their need is and you serve that need. Philippians chapter one says this, this letter is from Paul and Timothy, slaves of Christ Jesus. You know, Paul was okay telling you he was a son. He was okay telling you he was a sinner. He was okay telling you he was a servant. He was okay telling you he was an apostle. He was okay telling you he was a teacher. And he was okay telling you, I'm also a slave of Jesus which actually means I've given up all my ambitions and whatever Jesus says, whatever donkey He says to go get, I will go get that donkey. In our Western world in many ways, if we had the Apostle Paul speak, we would introduce him and say, Paul, the super apostle. Paul, the one who raised the dead. Paul, the one who who, who wrote two thirds of the New Testament. And perhaps he'd walk up here and say, I'm just getting another donkey. 
Sometimes just being a mother, just being a good mother is just getting another donkey. Sometimes being a good father is just getting another donkey. Your attitude will be developed along the journey. Your heart will be pruned along the journey. This one's a little bit more encouraging. Number three, your faith will be strengthened along the journey. Someone say, my faith needs to be strengthened. Your faith will be strengthened along the journey. There's this moment when the disciples are walking to the donkey and there's this moment where they have to now go, literally go take someone's donkey that is not theirs. That is the equivalent of me taking your car and you being okay with it. So I don't know about you, but if, I, if I'm sitting on my front porch and I see someone just taking my car, oh, it's about to go down. And, and, and I wonder if that scenario happens and literally the disciples are getting the donkey and it's about to go down and then they do something which is what we should do. They literally say the words that Jesus said and He literally says to them, the Lord has need of it. And there must have been this supernatural moment where the person was just like, oh, okay. And I find that compelling Because if you'll say what Jesus said, eventually people will see what they need to see. I found serving God is going to stretch your faith. If you're in youth ministry in here, allow God to stretch your faith. He often gets you to believe the thing before He does the thing. If you've, talk, if you've talked to a business person before, they'll often believe the business will be successful before the business is successful. It's actually very similar in the realm of faith that when you pray for a person, you often have to believe the touch of God is gonna come on the person before it comes upon the person. I have to believe often that lives are gonna get changed way before actually their lives are actually changed. This church was built because we believed it way before. I tell you this, I've been seeing this church for 15 years. I've been seeing what it is today for 15 years. And I'm telling you right now, it's the smallest it'll ever be because I believe that God stretches us to believe Him before it happens. Believe Him for the breakthrough before it happens. And as they go get the donkey, they literally have this supernatural moment and the people back away. And then the two disciples are now walking with two donkeys. And then it's like, oh my gosh, it was as Jesus said it was. Now how many know their faith now is at another level? Their faith now is at another level and they're walking with the two donkeys and they're kind of looking at each other like, yeah, that was pretty cool, wasn't it? You were scared. <laughs> you were more scared than I was scared. You thought he was gonna punch you in the nose. I said what Jesus said. And they're walking with their donkeys and they take some selfies while they're doing it. Hashtag just getting donkeys. <laughs> Here's the funny thing. The disciples still don't know why they're getting donkeys. <laughs> this is great. This is great. Because they've got the donkey. Their faith is at another level. Someone say their faith. Their faith is at another level, but they still don't even know why they're getting donkeys. They're bringing Jesus' donkey and they pass it off to Jesus. And he sits on it. And then he begins to trot on this donkey and the Jewish people, all of a sudden it was like their mind began to remember to Sunday school 
when Ed began to teach them that in Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9, the Bible says this, Rejoice, O people of Zion, written 500 years before Christ. Shout in triumph, O people of Jerusalem. Let your King, uh, look, your King is coming to you. He is righteous and victorious, yet He is humble, riding on a donkey, riding on a donkey's colt. The verse goes on to say, His realm will stretch from sea to sea and from the Euphrates River to the ends of the earth. How's that possible to know? that there would one day come a man who sat upon a donkey that you and I would begin to talk about and every nation would know His name. And that was a prophecy two and a half thousand years before. How is that possible? That's only possible by God. Like if you knew all the investments that you should do right now, that would develop in the next 10 years. How many you know you wouldn't have to work another day in your life? Two and a half thousand years before, he's prophesying that a man would come that would be a, a messianic figure, but he's not gonna come in on a, a white horse. He will come in on a donkey. Imagine the disciples go, you know what? Jesus said, I should go get a donkey. How about I get him, give him a white horse? And if they got him the white horse, the Jewish people would have not seen it. But because they got him a donkey, the Jewish people saw it. And then they started worshipping. And the most famous worship service in the entire New Testament was by two disciples who we don't know their name. And there was no piano and there was no drums and there was no one singing law. It was by two sweaty Obedient disciples who didn't even know why they were getting it. They were just getting donkeys, digging ditches, getting donkeys, digging ditches. When you do what God has called you to do, Jesus will be seen for who He is. Let me say that again. When you do, what God has called you to do. Don't, don't look for someone else to do it. When you do, Aniri, when you do, Gina, when you do, James Armstrong, when you do it, when you do it, Bennett, when you do it, Kelly, when you do what God has called you to do, people will see Jesus like He's meant to be seen. And you know what I wondered to myself this week? I wondered to myself, when they passed off the donkey to someone else and Jesus began to sit on it, I wonder if they got any thank you for it. I wonder if Jesus was like, thank you. Or maybe He accidentally forgot to say thank you that one time and they walked away a little mad. I didn't believe He said, didn't say thank you. I went and sweat. I served an Easter egg hunt all day and no one said thank you. I served for one Sunday and they didn't say thank you. Are you serving you? Are you serving for a thank you? Or are you serving for a real reward? Are you serving the King? Or are you serving your kingship? I, I, I gave and no one said thank you. Jesus is watching. The Bible says if you give a cup of cold water, in His name, He watches and rewards. Isn't that good? What if one day I'm preaching and no one says, great message, Pastor. 
Instead, it, it, what if I preach a message and 10 people get upset and 10 people get offended and they leave? But that was exactly what I was meant to say anyway. Because I have found this, that I'm not called to impress you. I'm called to affect you. I want to tell you this. The world is not my audience. It's not my reward. It's actually the King. And one day I'll stand before Him and say, did you go get the donkey I asked you to get? You're like, no, 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 I got a horse for you. Stop reasoning. Stop being a servant. Stop building. Are you getting this, Church Alive? Come on, are you getting it? Whatever your current assignment is, that's your ditch. That's your donkey. Biggest encouragement to you, get grateful about it. There's lessons as you go get whatever it is your current assignment is, whatever age, stage of life you're in, that is your current assignment. And if you get grateful about it, there's lessons in that current assignment, in your current age, current stage, current assignment that'll bless your life for years to come. I was talking to someone recently and they said, man, I feel like I'm called to do this. And I just had to encourage them on this simple thing. Just keep digging the ditch you're called to dig right now. And let God take care of the rest. Maybe you're a parent in here and your current assignment is obviously a two-year-old, a five-year-old, a 10-year-old, a 15-year-old, a 20-year-old, a 40-year-old. You know, I talked to someone recently, I, I was at a leadership meeting and the man was a multi, multi-millionaire. He'd run a super successful company. And he basically got up and said, I never ever wanted to get into politics. He said, but I felt like God called me into it. And I would say in the current state of some of the things that are coming across our children and so forth, the, the, the biggest tendency for so many people would be to avoid everything and get involved in nothing. But I would say to some of you that some of you, a few of you, perhaps your donkey is to actually step into some policies and some governmental roles. Because if you don't, who will? You know that recently they uh, instituted in, in New Jersey that they will start to tell nine-year-olds it's normal to watch porn. And that everyone does. People that do that are perverts. It's not normal. Actually, most, most men I know that struggle with that, they wanna get out of it. Telling young people that is insane, church. So maybe your donkey is something different than you wanted. You know, my wife never wanted to be a pastor of church. I met her and when I first started hanging out with her, flirting with her a little bit, oh, hey, hey, hey. And, and she actually asked me, she was like, do you, she could tell, I, I preach sometimes, she was like, do you wanna be a pastor? I was like, no, I think I'm called to be evangelist. And she was like, okay, good, I can consider you. Because she was not gonna be, and, I, and when, then we got married, I was like, ah, I tricked you. <laughs> No, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't do that. <laughs> I'm as surprised as anyone I'm up here doing this. 
I thought I was meant to be an evangelist traveling all over the place. That's what I thought I was meant to do. Lord had different plans. My donkey's this one. And I found if I'll just get my next donkey, Jesus will be elevated. Others will see him. And guess what? I get to see along the journey of time. I think I've said enough. Why don't you close your eyes? Father, I thank you for every man here. I thank you for every lady here. I pray the blessing of God over this place, over every life, every family represented. I continue to declare and believe for your blessing upon marriages and homes and lives. May you encircle them and bless their children, God. Bless those who are trying to have children, Lord. Lord, just bless your people to to meet the right people and, and be the right people, more, Lord, more than anything else. I pray for business people and those that their, their next step is sometimes stepping out in a business. Sometimes their next step is saying, man, I'm going to serve somewhere. I'm going to go get a donkey. I'm going to dig a ditch somewhere. Father, I just thank You for this house. And I ask You, Holy Spirit, to fill in the blanks. As people leave today, would You begin to prompt them and show them what is their next ditch? What is their next donkey? God, develop them, strengthen them, fill them with the power of the Holy Spirit. I pray today, let a fresh life touch them where they need it. Oh, we need You, Jesus, I pray. I thank You, Lord. You are so good. With the eyes closed, maybe you're watching online today. Maybe you're in person today. You may be in this place and maybe your parents worship. Maybe they have seen Jesus and their faith is in Jesus or your grandparents see Jesus and have worshipped Jesus but it's never really connected to your heart for some reason. You've gone to church, Catholic or Christian or non-religious, but today you walked into this place and it's like the Holy Spirit is helping you see Jesus, that you need Him. That He's not just some man, He's not just some teacher, He's not just some Saviour. He is the Saviour. He is the Lord. He is the King. And He made you. He literally, He literally made you and has a plan for your life. But so often we don't see Him because we live in a world that's been marred by sin. Outside is sin, inside is sin. But Jesus came that you might have life and life abundant. He came actually to forgive that very sin. The thing that you might be embarrassed about, God came to forgive that. The thing that you don't seem to be able to stop doing, God came to forgive that. But He didn't just come to forgive those things. He came to bridge the gap between God and man. He is the bridge literally to eternal life, to the Father Himself. He doesn't want to give you religion. He wants to give you friendship with God. The very essence of being a Christian is first being a friend of God. And I want to invite some of you today into that true and genuine friendship. You might be like, Pastor Anthony, I I want to be a friend of God. I need my sin forgiven. I know I'm not right with Him. I, I feel like it's dead on the inside. I want to pray a prayer with you today. And all across this place, we're going to pray that prayer. If you truly mean business with God, you're saying, Pastor Anthony, I'm putting my faith in God today or I'm running back to God today. I've been away from Him over the last number of years and I wanna dedicate again my heart afresh in You all across this place. Come on, let's pray this simple prayer. Say, Jesus, I need You. Thank You for loving me so much that You gave Your life for me. 
and I ask you to forgive me, to cleanse me of all my sin. Be my friend, be my Lord, be my Saviour. Well, eyes are closed all across this place. Maybe you're saying yes to God for the very first time. Or perhaps for the last number of years you've been away from God and you know you need to come back and you prayed that prayer with me. Would you quickly raise your hand and raise it up high so long enough so I can see it all across this place. Raise up your hand, raise it up high. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you guys. Thank you, lady in the back there. Thank you, sir, in the middle there. Thank you. Thank you, lady in the back there. That's awesome today. Thank you. Thank you. That's awesome, guys, today. That's awesome. You can put your hand down. Father, I thank you so much for every hand and every heart. In the mighty name of Jesus, would you bless them exceedingly and abundantly, more than we can ask or imagine. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And a faith-filled church said, come on, church alive. Can we celebrate those people? who said yes to Jesus today. Praise God, praise God, praise God.